bitches. Hello, bitches. Oh my god, you're not Jess. No, unfortunately not. Thank you for reminding me. I mean, you're not currently thick with child, so no. I mean, I, you fingers, could be. fingers crossed. <laughs> That'd be upsetting. It's been a dicey few weeks. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> um, uh, if you guys are unfamiliar, this is Hot for Justice podcast. I'm Jamie. I am Jackson. Thank you for having me back, Jamie. I mean... Uh, I know I'm a poor stand-in for Jess. I'll do my best not to embarrass her in the show. I mean, you, you can try. Yeah, well. I mean, you might have less baby brain than she has going on right now. Yeah, again, hopefully. <laughs> I don't I don't want to know. <laughs> um, it's actually really funny. I texted her yesterday. Mm-hmm. As yesterday. Well, yesterday. As we're recording this, it's like on a Saturday. And I was like, hey, because I've been giving her like semi-daily updates on how, what percentage of pregnant she is. I'm sure she appreciates that. <laughs> she does. And yesterday I was like, you're 101% pregnant, but I'm pretty sure you knew. Because <laughs> she's, you she know. passed her due date now? Oh, yeah. She was due on Tuesday. Oh, okay. And uh, she is very displeased about it. Oh, and it's overcooking now? Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. She actually is set to be induced on Wednesday. Mm, okay. So that'll be um, a you know, sweet surprise. She can listen to the screen recap we just recorded while she's. Oh, lucky her. While she's going to her she's induction. She's going to love it. Yeah, um, you're, you, we just recorded a really sick sc- screen recap that's going to be up in two days. It's a, really, honestly, a kind of poor stream of consciousness. Yeah. I'm it's sorry a in advance. Of it. I'm a, I apologize to you. It's, it's something. But Wednesday, huh? Mm-hmm. Jess, good luck. Baby, welcome to the world. I'm sorry it's currently on fire. <sighs> yeah. I don't, poor Emerson. Coming in at this time. Coming in hot. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> just blew my brain. Jess, we're using that. <laughs> Coming in hot for justice. The next generation. There you go. Oh my god, maybe she can cameo in the, oh, on an episode. I mean, she probably will. She'll probably she be fucking crying. Will, yeah, nonstop. Yeah, Jess, more things to look forward to <laughs> in your very near future. Um. Anyways, I know I went first last week, but like, I mean, I don't. Guest doesn't usually go first. Yeah, you're going to go first situations. again. Okay, great. Week, whether you like it or not. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad that we're doing this on my show. Um, cool. I'm uh, the guest. <laughs> but I say go. Where's my cold drink? I offered you one. You denied it. I know. I brought my own. Eh, sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not probably not cold, but... Still cold. Oh, okay. But that symbol keeps it cold. You didn't know? Cold for justice. Oh, my God. I mean, it is cold case stories. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate myself. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> This is going swimmingly. <laughs> um, also, uh, on mic is my husband, Zach, who was in here last week. It's nice that I uh, didn't get introed in the beginning. Well, because you like just had yourself muted, so you just kind of stayed over there, dick around on your phone. I wasn't sure how I was, much you involvement know, you wanted. I was waiting for the intro. That's usually what you do, but I was waiting here forever. I almost fell asleep. All right. On this episode of J- <laughs> Jamie and Zach do counseling on the air. <laughs> Uh, our entire life is just counseling. It's wonderful. It, we air it out. I'm glad you're here for this. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Um, I need a witness. <laughs> anyways, he's here for color commentary, and um, if we ever need a fact check, aka a Zach check. That's me. Patent pending. Yes. So I think now we need you to just kind of be the voice of reason in the background, just kind of in general, because Zach check is too good not to use. I think you're right. Um, yeah. So Jess, I'm sorry I workshopped this without you, but this is our life now. Decision has been made. Yeah. Get for having a baby. Yeah. Um, at least for the next few weeks. And I mean, I guess Wes could do it too. It'll be a tad check. 
Yeah. If you didn't know, uh, her husband Wes, his real first name is Tad. I didn't know that. Jeez. I went it out West. there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Wes. I just outed you on the internet. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, here we go. So I'm doing a series of murders called the Gypsy Hill Murders. This started out because I was looking up one of the murders like independently, and then I found out upon further research that it was actually like a serial killing. And it may or may not be two killers. I'll get oh, into okay. that. Um, so, I got most of this information from a website called listverse.com, as well as, you know, Wikipedia, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nothing but great research going on in this house. I mean, I didn't not Wikipedia my story either, so. It's just so <laughs> useful. <laughs> I mean, Wikipedia is honestly kind of the shit. Um, however, though, I don't think anyone's touched this page since, like, 2000. Six, but that's fine. <clears throat> like I said, that's why I did most of my research elsewhere. Um, but most of like what I'm reading off of is from that list verse page, because um, they did a really good job. Um, so the Gypsy Hill murders uh, murderer is also known as the San Mateo slasher. Uh, claimed at least four lives in 1976. Each killing occurred in the rural in- environs. That's a, that's a fucking that's a good word. that's a million dollar word um, of Northern California, San Mateo County, not far from Gypsy Hill Road. Uh, all the victims were stabbed to death. Even worse, they're all sexually assaulted before they were before they were killed. Despite some promising leads, the case went ice cold before 1976 became 1977, which is honestly like really fucking upsetting. Yeah, it's a really short period of time for them to be like, well, like <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Sometimes shit happens. Anyway, like literally, <laughs> love um, the police. So um, it stayed cold until 2015, when a 67-year-old man was named the primary suspect in two of the murders. Mm. Uh, police in Nevada also linked one of their cases to the Gypsy Hill slayings, thus bringing the total number of corpses to at least five. Um, this article was written in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, 2018 could very well be the year that the mystery of the Gypsy Hill murders is finally put to rest. Spoiler alert, it has been. Because <laughs> 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 um, this article was written before the like trial happened, and I looked at that too. But anyways, neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first crime of the killer was discovered by police on Thursday, January 8th, 1976, on that date, the front page of the Mate- San Mateo Times newspaper reported that two people had been found murdered in San Mateo County. Uh, one of the murder victims was Benito Benny Navarez, a 43-year-old man whom police found stabbed to death inside of the Casa Mateo Inn. Uh, the newspaper reported that Navarez, who was unemployed and had been staying at the inn for many months, was down with a large knife sticking out of his chest. Navarez had been dead for at least three days by the time that his body was found. The other victim, 18-year-old Veronica Ann Casillo, was... Uh, discovered by 16-year-old David Littman. What a name. 16, too. I know, yikes. Could you fucking imagine? Uh, Yeah, and it's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) Um, He found Casilla's body while walking on through through a golf course in the town of Pacifica. Uh, Her nude body was found near a creek that ran close to the golf course. She'd have been stabbed over 30 times. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck is right. Um, Eight days later, um, the newspaper published the facts concerning Casilla's murder, uh, it was on a front page article saying that a homeless man was arrested in conjunction with her murder and um, he had been, then been released by the police. Mm. Uh, just a few weeks later, a 14-year-old Tatiana Blackwell was reported missing. This is the girl that I originally was kind of looking into um, and then that's when I kind of fell down a rabbit hole. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blackwell, who fell victim to the Gypsy Hill Slayer, would not be discovered again for several more months. Um, exactly 30 days after David Lippman found Casillo's body, the corpse of Paula Baxter was found in a secluded grove of eucalyptus trees behind the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints located in the town of Milbrae. Fucking Mormons, man. 
It's a Mormon conspiracy. Fucking A. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, no. <laughs> Allegedly. I don't want to make the Mormons mad. Don't us. <laughs> the entire state of Utah is going to be really upset. Yeah. It's fine. And They're sure generally th- upset, I think. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're Mormon. They can't have caffeine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be upset also. No caffeine and magic underwear. It's a lethal combination. Damn Skippy. Um... At the time of her death, Baxter was just 17 and had been missing since February the 2nd. Investigators discovered that Baxter's killer had stripped her nude and sexually assaulted her prior to her death. Mm. The unknown slayer had also stabbed her four times and hit her in the head at least once with a piece of concrete. Her body was found near her 1972 Chevy Vega station wagon. Uh, San Mateo County officers linked Baxter's murder with the with Casillo's thanks to forensic evidence collected at the scene. So apparently there was enough, even in like 1970s DNA, to figure that out. Yeah. Which is honestly kind of astounding. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, <clears throat> the mystery of Tatiana Blackwell's disappearance came to a grisly conclusion on June 6, 1976. Uh, that day, her corpse was found just off of Sharp Park Road on the Gypsy Hill area. Like the others, she had been stabbed to, be- stabbed to death. Um, Tatiana, who was known as Tanya to her friends, was seen traveling to a nearby 7-Eleven. Many decades later, John Blackwell, her older brother, would say at a press conference that her death emotionally destroyed his parents. Quote, the first time I ever saw my daddy cry was at the funeral. End quote. Um, At first, Pacifica detectives suspected that Tanya, a freshman at Oceana High School, might have run away from home. However, after her body was discovered less than uh, one mile away from her home, uh, they'd realized that she had been murdered by someone that knew the area well. Uh, Therefore, she had been abducted and was not a runaway, obviously. (laughs) And I'm like, why was that a fucking necessary sentence? Um... It's wild in that time period how, like, hesitant ever anybody is to... Be like, oh, someone, like, yeah. has been abducted. Oh, yeah, they're, like, in their early 20s or their teenager. Like, oh, they probably ran away. It's fine. They fucked off. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, nobody gave a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, like, my teenage kid just, like, ran off, like, later days. Yeah, like, the concept of serial killers wasn't even, like, a thing until the late 70s. Right, I mean, like, this is, like, right in the middle of, like, Ted Bundy's prime. Yeah the golden age of serial killers. I mean, truly. Yeah. Like, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, 26-year-old Carol Lee Booth, known as Beatty to her friends, was last seen alive in San Francisco. Specifically, eyewitnesses saw her walking home from a bus stop on Arroyo Street in South San Francisco. Mm. Uh, people that knew Booth said that she frequently walked home via a shortcut that took her between the Kaiser Hospital uh, and Mission Road. It's weird. I know that area, like, really well because I used to work over there. Um, Jamie did it. Yes. I was... Uh, it was happened approximately 20 years before I was born, but it's fine. It's a pretty good alibi, but I'm not sure I buy it. Quick segue, quick, what is it, what do we call it, a Zach check? Yes. We should need to have, like, a, a theme song play. Absolutely like not. <laughs> uh, first, first of all, I don't edit this bitch already, and it's not going to start happening now. <laughs> Put in the Inception bong. <laughs> um, but I checked the first time the term serial killer was actually used, and Robert Kenneth Resler I was an FBI agent and author. Um, he played a significant role in the psychological profiling of violent offenders in the 1970s, and is often credited with coining the term serial killer. I think he's who the uh, the one character in Mindhunter is based yes, on. Yes, I was just gonna say that. Um, yeah, and that, I mean, like that's what the whole like show is about, and also I, and how criminal minds like that whole idea is like yeah. came from that too. Behavioral sciences. That's yeah, nifty. Thank you for the Jack Zach check. Zach, check out. Oh my god. <laughs> Just burning it down. I want a fucking divorce. 
You heard it here f- first, folks. <laughs> the crumbling at my marriage. It's a juicy episode. <laughs> Jamie gets divorced. <laughs> <laughs> um, the shortcut between Kaiser and Mission Road regularly took Booth close to the El Camino driving range, which, being a col- golf course of sorts, linked the murder with the Casillos. With Casillos. Mm. Uh, months after her husband reported her missing, Booth's corpse was found in some brush not far from her shortcut. She had also been stabbed to death like many of the other victims. Her body had been dumped in a shallow grave not too far from a creek, this one being the Colma Creek. Um, uh, Denise Lamp loved her 1964 Ford Mustang. I can't fucking talk today. That's great. Um, sadly, she would spend her last minutes alive in her car while her killer brutalized her. That was some great verbiage from this article. Um, Lamp was seen at the Saramonte Mall in Daly City last. She was returning her to car returning to her car, which was reportedly parked between a Denny's and a Macy's department store. What a way to go. In between a fucking Denny's and yeah. a Macy's? you have any hot takes on Denny's? I know you have opinions about Denny's. What? I mean, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. Actually, you know what came up on my Snapchat memories the other day? You remember when you, me, and Russ, R.I.P. our old roommate? He's not dead. He just doesn't live with us anymore. Uh, <laughs> He's dead to us. <laughs> He's dead to us. I really hope Hamor's fiance listens to this. <laughs> Actually, I think Erica might. Anyways, neither here nor there. Uh, we went to Denny's once in Pleasant Hill, and it was the worst experience of our lives. Oh, that's right. It was so bad. I mean, Denny's is already like kind of like low key disgusting, but we went in there once, and like <laughs> Zach gets this coffee cup that has like just like really huge lipstick stain on it. Hey. With fresh coffee, and I'm like, so this isn't gonna happen. <laughs> Somebody likes you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the sign outside the door was like broken, and we're like, maybe this isn't a good sign. Literally, walked in, that happens, and then like I think there was a hair in Russ's food. Probably. It was <laughs> which, a hot mess. Which Denny's in Pleasant Hill was it? Uh, the one near like the Willows. Oh, okay. Uh, is it the Willows? Like, uh, like yeah, the shopping center. Yeah, yeah. With like the the jungle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, we haven't been there since. I mean, I don't think we've been to a Denny since. But. I was there last December with my roommates when we got our Christmas tree. Oh, my God. <laughs> and my roommate Belinda got some horchata ice cream. Was it less disappointing than the experience I just... Uh... I did not try it, but my food was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my Snapchat memory was a picture of your, like, gross coffee cup, and it said, Denny's more like disappointment. <laughs> and I had a good little giggle at that. <laughs> that is pretty good. But yeah, I'd be really fucking pissed if I was killed in a Denny's parking lot, needless to say. Or a Macy's parking lot. True. <laughs> it's very true. Um, so, a native of Broadmoor? Broadmoor? Broadmoor. Broadmoor? I think it's Broadmoor. I, I don't know. Who's to say? Not my dumbass. <laughs> uh, Lamp was found dead shortly after 10pm that same night. The 19-year-old had been stabbed about 20 times in the chest and, her ar- and the arms. Um, Damn. I know. The first person to find her body was a mall security guard named John Ward, who had just happened to be her boyfriend. Oh, fuck. God, how upsetting. That is wild. Like, how, like, could you imagine, like, oh, that's my girlfriend's car. Fuck. That's probably, like, why she was there. She was going to meet him or something like that. Could be. Well, I mean, like, she was also shopping at the mall. Yeah. Um, but either way, Jesus Christ. Um... And a strange, strange coincidence, her murder occurred less than 90 meters, which is 30, 300 feet, uh, from an earlier Daly City murder. This one involving Richard E. Post and Ruth Wilhelmsen? Wilhelmsen? That's good enough. Wow. Yeah. The April murder of Denise Lamp marked the 16th homicide in San Mateo County that year. Holy shit. 
I know, 76 was a fucking crazy time to be that in San Mateo County. wild, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Gypsy Hill murders happened exclusively in San Mateo County. However, DNA evidence highlights the fact that the Slayer in Northern California might have killed a victi- victim in Reno, Nevada. Um, in February 24th, 1976, 19-year-old Michelle Mitchell... God, it wasn't... That's a cruel oh, name. Michelle no, Mitchell, yeah. That was from the last episode that we did. No. There was a... There was Michelle a kid named Michelle and a kid Anna named Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah, but this is one human named Michelle Mitchell. I know, that's just funny that... I know, like, what are the odds? I didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> um, she experienced a vehicle breakdown. Her car was stuck at the intersection of 9th Street and Evans Avenue in Reno. Since Michelle's uh, vehicle is not far from the campus of University of Nevada, Reno, where she attended, and I actually, fun fact, I almost went there for college. Really? Yeah, I know. The fucking face you made is honestly, like... <laughs> I can't even imagine. <laughs> um, so I guess I'll tell a little... So I applied there, and I got in. I mean, it's, what? Congratulations! They literally have like a ninety-nine percent acceptance rate. <laughs> um, but like, I got like mad scholarships, and like, I would have paid like basically like two thousand dollars a year to go there if I had oh, gone. Wow. Um, but the year I would have gone, it's because they used to do like this like weird like in-state tuition thing if you lived in California. Yeah. And that year they did away with it. So oh. like, the guy got a letter like after I had like accepted because I accepted admission. I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna go. Yeah. And uh. They sent a letter. They're like, "Oh, actually, we're not going to offer the in-state tuition anymore if you live in California." So I was like, "Okay, this went from a, like two thousand dollars a year to like twenty grand a year. I might as well go somewhere I actually like want to go." Yeah. Um. I ended up at St. Mary's. <laughs> it's probably a better choice. Uh. Yes. <laughs> and, and also a fun fact: Brandon went to University of Nevada Reno for a year. Explains a lot. It does. <laughs> Sorry, Brandon. Jeez. Shots fired everywhere. Pew pew pew. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love Brandon. Yes. Um, he, yeah, he went to, he went there for a year and said, fuck this shit. And then he did out of there and came to St. Mary's with me. I think he was balls deep in the snow when he said it, too. (laughs) 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 Or sweating his dick off in the heat of summer. (laughs) There's no in between. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Uh, where was I? So she attended uh, UNR. A passerby suggested pushing the yellow Volkswagen bug into a nearby parking lot that had belonged to the school. All of us are occurred around 8 10 p.m uh later that evening her dead body was found in the parking garage her hands had been tied behind her back her throat had been slit in this case the police had one tantalizing clue the remains of a cigarette that had been left at the scene uh 1979 a woman named kathy woods who was committed to a psychiatric hospital in louisiana uh confessed to murdering mitchell this would seem to rule out the gypsy hill connection with the mitchell case but in 2014 dna testing proved that the cigarette belonged to someone other than kathy woods but my thing is, like, how do I know the cigarette I was connected to? Yeah, this? well, it's weird, too, because it's such a different... Like, I guess it's still a, a knife that was used, but, like, it's a different method from, like, all the insane stabbings. And right, like, 20-plus, yeah. like, stab and to, wounds. And, and to use a... Or to leave a cigarette butt behind is, like, pretty slops for a person that got away with it so many times. It truly is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, uh, it's a little weird. Yeah. Not uh, to teach murder school, but <laughs> you gotta be careful. <laughs> I mean, Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Kathy was exonerated in 2014 and immediately sued Reno and, The uh, state of Reno. <laughs> you mean the, the state? The, the, Sorry, the state Reno. of Reno. <laughs> well, I'll see my way out. Because <laughs> you know uh, the, the pregnant city, brain lives on. <laughs> but they also sued the county for wrongful imprisonment. So, the city of Reno. Uh, and, uh, 
Washu County for wrongful imprisonment. No, you know what? I'm for the secession. <laughs> they deserve to be their own state. <laughs> You're the hero that Reno deserves. <laughs> um... In the same month that Curly Booth went missing and was murdered, San Francisco resident Idel M. Friedman was also murdered by an unknown assailant. Friedman, 21, worked for a San Francisco import company, and on March 17, 1976, she was found stabbed to death inside of her apartment at 11, six, uh, 11, one, 116, Jesus fuck, uh, Fairmount Street. I cannot read. It's okay. Um, We're all pregnant. <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Don't wish that evil on me. <laughs> Sorry, Jess. Child, children are beautiful, beautiful and miracles and whatever. Yeah. No. I have a brand new nephew. He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> He's doing good. He's right. <laughs> Singapore getting a job soon. Very excited. I mean, someone's got to pull their weight, right? <laughs> He's cool. He's fine. I just got him a Tupac onesie. It's great. <laughs> spectacular. Yeah, well, people gotta know. <laughs> I want the streets to embrace him. <laughs> Sorry, young. Um, her new body was found on her kitchen floor, on the kitchen floor of her apartment. What a segue. Um, the San Francisco homicide investigators discovered that her killer had also ransacked the apartment in his parent search for valuables. Hmm. Um, Friedman had been uh, raped and her killer strangled her with a lamp cord prior to stabbing her to death with a 20 centimeter eight inch long knife yikes yikes on bikes yikes is right <laughs> uh friedman's death has never been officially linked to the gypsy hill murders unlike the other victims her murder was done in her home she wasn't abducted while being outside alone however um the murder of booth places the gypsy hill killer in the san francisco area around that time so uh she, and she was also sexually assaulted and stabbed so yeah. the mo is similar but like not quite the same i, I mean i think if it was linked she, he might have like followed her home mm-hmm. but i mean there's yeah. not enough inf- like information to corroborate that. Um, the last Gypsy Hill murder occurred in 1976, um, and several de- decades later, in 2014, the FBI formed a task force with the goal of using the latest in DNA and forensic science to finally unmask the murderer. The first major breakthrough orchestrated by the FBI was the exoneration of Kathy Woods, um, and at that time, Reno police didn't want to completely rule her out as a suspect. Some suggested that she had just been an accomplice. Because um, it's really weird that, like, from like, I don't know how, I don't know how far away Louisiana is from Nevada. Zach, check. P four. Yeah, Zach check is it's, on it. But like, I don't know, like, why you would like cop to that if you didn't do it. I mean, there's like a whole thing, like people do that shit. I mean, yeah, but I mean, like, did she like live there at the time? I have a lot of questions. It does seem like she would have like at least known that person, or right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, keep Zach checking that, and then I'll get back to it. Um. Do you want to know exactly? Um. Yeah. Sure. How far away Louisiana is from Reno, the state of Reno? <laughs> the free state of Reno. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Nevada to Louisiana is approximately 1,830 miles. That's hella far. Especially in like 1976. <laughs> it's a 29-hour drive. <laughs> Those are 76 miles. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, so April... Uh, oh wait, sorry. I'm skipping ahead. Uh, da, 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 da. Elsewhere in San Mateo County and San Francisco, FBI agents revisited eyewitnesses and those who knew the victims to quote unquote jog their memories. All this hard work would eventually pay off when the first major and most valuable suspect in the Gypsy Hill case was named and arrested. Um, in April of 2017, a 68 year old man named Rodney Lynn Halbower, how, 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 yeah, sure, he pleaded guilty. Not, er, 
my doorbell just rang. That's Somebody's awkward. at the door. We got a package. Ooh. Maybe it's my protein. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, he pleaded not guilty to the murders of Casillo and Baxter. Judge Donald Ayub set the accused bail at a whopping $10 million. Oh my god. Howler's, wow. Yeah, I know. That's a lot of pesos. Um, however, his DNA also linked him to the murder of Mitchell, thus conclusively proving that he uh, Mitchell was a victim of the Gypsy Hill murderer. Hmm. So that was his cigarette butt. Again, I don't know like how they deduced that that was like... Come on, dude. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> First of all, why are you smoking? <laughs> yeah, you need to focus. <laughs> <laughs> you have bigger things at hand. Smoke after. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he did. <laughs> Probably. Um... But, He's but, a villain. He smokes all the time. Well, um, he had submitted the DNA sample used in the case against him, where he was transferred from uh, when he was transferred from a Nevada prison to an Oregon State prison in November of 2013. He was arrested two years later for the murders of Casillo and Baxter. This was not his first time in prison, however. Back in 1975, a year before the murders began, he was paroled from prison in Nevada after he was convicted of raping a female blackjack dealer. Eleven years later, after a cri- another criminal conviction. He broke out of a Nevada prison and committed several violent crimes before he was recaptured. Holy shit. So, I mean, it's safe to say he's a grade A piece of shit. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. It's like a, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> the thing people are like afraid of that you didn't know was real. Like uh-huh. somebody gets out and immediately goes on a killing spree. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, amazingly, also in 2017, another ex-con was charged with one of the murders. Leon Melvin Seymour, 71, was charged with the murder of Denise Lamp. At the time of the arrest, Seymour was already housed in a Colinga State Hospital after being convicted of 10 different cases of sexual assault and kidnapping. Um, as of the writing of their article, there was no evidence to show that Seymour and Halbo are the two men um, who were known to all these different law enforcement agencies um, knew each other at all. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Yep. Uh, the DNA was also the undoing of Seymour, uh, specifically blood found on her jacket that, pre- that conclusively proved that he had been in the car with her at the time of the murder. Oh, wow. Uh, November 2017, his bail was also sent, set to $10 million, and as of late last year, uh, Halbauer has been convicted of both murders, for sure, and he is currently serving time in prison. There's no update on uh, Seymour yet, though. Mm. Wow. Isn't that wild? That yeah. is wild. Yeah, that's all I have, though. Yeah, stay out of San Mateo, Jesus Christ. I know. <laughs> yeah. San Mateo. Now, well, now you, ha- now you have no choice but to stay out of San Mateo. It's expensive to live down there. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes taking the San Mateo Bridge is a good way to avoid all that terrible traffic, though. True. Yeah, when I used to work in, like, the back side of San Francisco, I would take, and if I had to drive in, I would take mm-hmm. uh, that bridge and then also the Golden Gate. Yeah. And it was shorter than taking the uh, other bridge, the Bay Bridge. I couldn't think of that in my head. The other bridge. The other bridge. The other uh, drawbridge. Yes. Draw I think you're thinking. I'm kidding. Because <laughs> fucking Audrey will never let me live that down. Uh. Calling that bridge a sus- suspension bridge like four months ago. Oh. And we went, no, when we went to go visit Jess a few weeks back, we drove over the bridge and she's like, Jamie, what kind of bridge is this? <laughs> and I was like, it's a fuck you bridge, Audrey. That's a dynamite Audrey impression. I thought she was in the room. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good too. <laughs> when she's listening to this, like, she's listening to herself. It's really strange. <laughs> <laughs> was I there? Yes. Anyways. Okay. It's all you. All right, so mine's uh, mine's a little brief, but um, in the spirit of Jess, it's a it's a case that actually has been solved. But uh, I thought I thought it was fun because a uh, true crime enthusiast and amateur detective was an instrumental role in helping to solve it. Oh, good you. Yeah. 
That could uh, be me. Yes. <laughs> One day. One day. Okay, so the Bear Brook murders or the Allenstown Four. On November 10, 1985, a hunter found a metal 55-gallon drum near the site of a burned-down store at the Bear Brook State Park in Allenstown, New Hampshire. So, just a bummer of a camp, of a hunting trip, and just barrels are ruined for him for the rest of his life. I will say when I when you sent me this, I immediately thought of like what is like the third or fourth season of Dexter. Dexter? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then, the Barrel yeah. Girls. Yeah. But it's not like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> there was no Dexter to seek revenge. <laughs> where's Michael C. Hall when you need him? <laughs> I where is Michael C. Hall? Uh, we actually just before you got here, we watched an episode of Doc Now that he was on. Oh, okay. Yeah, he uh, was a professional bowler in that Very episode. Good. In like the time of Dexter, that period, he was like my pick to be Matt Murdock. If oh, really? If we were going to do an MCU Daredevil, I thought he would have been great. But mm-hmm. now I can't see anybody but Charlie Cox. He is Daredevil. Anyway, <laughs> digressions. <laughs> Inside the barrels were the bodies of an adult female and young girl wrapped in a garbage bag. Autopsies determined both had died of blunt trauma. The level of decay of the bodies led investigators to believe the two could have been killed as long before as 1977. Oh my god. And what year were they found? Uh, 85. Ooh. Uh, both victims were also found to be biologically related, but they weren't sure how, because, you know, 1980s. Yeah. Jeez. Fast forward to May 9th, 2000. I don't know how many years that was later, but it's fine. It is 15 years. Excellent. It is a certain amount of years later. <laughs> An undisclosed period of time later. See, I was going to say 15 years, and I was like, I didn't want to sound dumb. <laughs> uh, the remains of two more young girls were found near the first discovery site. These bodies were also in a metal 55-gallon drum. The were co- they also just as old? Yeah, same period of time. <laughs> oh, excellent. Okay, great. Uh, the cause of death of these children was also blunt force trauma. One of the victims was found to be related to the two discovered in 1985. Oh, wow. I'm on comfy. All right. So the case goes quickly cold after this. <laughs> Speaking of uh, just the police going, I'm like, well. It's fine. Too bad. Uh, it's super weird. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't happen again. <laughs> Sometimes people die. The world is an imperfect place. Uh, in 2017, DNA evidence led investigators to announce that Terence Terry Peter Rasmussen, who was the most like was the most likely suspect. He also went by Bob Evans. Of course he did. Yeah. <laughs> he also went by one of the simplest names ever. <laughs> Uh, his identity was confirmed via DNA from a son from his first marriage. So, okay, when I read that, I was just like, my job, I, I first, first of all, I read this at 4.30 in the morning, yeah. and I was just like, uh, what? <laughs> Go on. Uh, he was also confirmed via DNA to be the biological father of the two to four year old girl who was the fourth victim found in the barrel who was not related to the other three. Oh. Like, okay, so again, reading it made me uncomfortable the first time, and just now hearing it out loud, like, made my stomach, like, actually, like, do like a... Yeah. He is he is believed to be responsible for several other murders, including that of Denise Bodine, his known girlfriend who disappeared in 1981 when he was going by the name of Robert Evans. He was convicted and sentenced for her murder in 2002 and died in prison in 2010. Good. Wow. Yeah. Fucking asshole. 
<laughs> Fuck off, Bob. <laughs> if that's your real name. <laughs> uh, though investigators had identified Rasputin as Mucin, I'm sorry, as the man who Don't be sorry. <laughs> likely killed the four Bearbrook victims in 2017, the victims' identities were still a mystery at that point. Oh shit, so they didn't even know. Yeah, they didn't know who they were. They knew he killed them. Much less yeah. that he was fucking related to one of them. Mm-hmm. Goddamn. So, shortly after this, around 2018, a research librarian and amateur detective, Rebecca Heath, heard about the case on a public radio broadcast. Fucking A, Becky. Yeah, man. Doing it. Doing it for the ladies. She scored ancestry message boards for terms like California, where Rasmussen had been arrested, or missing sister in hopes of finding a relative of the victims. Shit. Heath said she found a posting from around 1999 about a relative looking for Sarah McWaters and her mother Mar- Marlies? Marlies McWaters? As she conducted further searches for Marlies McWaters, Heath came across other relatives looking for the same woman. It turned out McWaters was also the mother of a girl named Mar- Mary or Marie Vaughn. The listing contained an email address, so Heath said she tried to match the address to a Facebook profile. Heath reached out to one woman asking whether she was the same person who had made the ancestry posting. It was her. The woman started sharing more details, including that Marlies had married a ma- had been married to a man with the last name Rasmussen. I don't like that. <laughs> God, the internet's hell of a place. In 2019, the combined sleuthing of Heath and the DNA profiling work of genetic genealogist Barbara Ray Venter, who was also instrumental in the Golden State Killer case. I was like, that name sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, positively identified the three biologically related females as mother, Marlise Elizabeth Honeychurch, and her two daughters of different biological fathers, uh, Marie Elizabeth Vaughn and Sarah Lynn McWaters. The three were last seen with Rasmussen, who was presumed to be dating Honeychurch, at a family gathering in California in 1978. The middle child. Wait, hold on. They saw them with him, and like nobody reported anything funky. It's the seventies, baby. Okay. Free wheel on. Seventies was a hell of a time. Well, this was also before he had been, you know, arrested for murders that he would commit later. Uh-huh. So he's just. Uh, I mean, you see a Russian man, you you should be suspicious, but. I uh, I mean, this is really solidifying our <laughs> negative opinion on with the Russians. Yeah, first Rocky Four, now this. Oh, no, I'm talking about that podcast Jess and I did the other week where... <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> where we talked about shit about the Ruskies. So, um, sorry, Russia. Yeah. Give us our country back. <laughs> uh, the middle child, Rasmussen's biological daughter, currently remains unidentified. Wait, how is it unidentified if they know They who know she... she's related to him. Got it, okay. Uh, they don't really know who she was, because this guy got oh. around. Making lives and taking lives all across the 70s and 80s. I didn't like that, but I kind of <laughs> did. Um, so what's funny is I just actually Googled him because mm-hmm. I was curious. He is not and has never been an attractive man. I don't know how he got around. You haven't seen pictures of him, had you? No, BD energy? Uh, uh-uh. <laughs> Absolutely not. Wow, look at this guy. Oh, no. Absolutely I don't know. Not. When was this? <laughs> is that him? Do we know for... <laughs> eh, uh-uh. Not about it. I'm going to say it's not doing it for me. Young but, like, him kind of looks like Biff Tannen from Back to the Future. Oh, man. I haven't seen Back to the Future. Dude. <laughs> this, this is my life. Just a lot of movies she hasn't seen. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Chase, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Sorry, buddy. Chase, my roommate. Back I was like, Future's I don't know who that is. His favorite movie of all time. Back to the Future. I'm sorry. <laughs> Person I've never met. 
And now he probably never will. Never. Nope. Abs- yeah, sorry. I'll be like, hey, my friend Jamie and her husband are going to come over, and he'll be like, absolutely not. Not in this house. This is a Zimmerman-free household. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I mean, probably not the first time <laughs> that we've been banned from somebody's house. Won't be the last. Won't be the last. Absolutely not. Nope. Wow. That was a doozy. Yeah, it's a, it's a real rough one. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, does anyone have anything fun and fresh they want to talk about and share with the class? Um, I did finish the second season of Mindhunter. It's real good. I still need to watch the first one. Yeah. I know, a piece of shit. Don't look at me like that. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is like perfect for the show, too. I know. I Jess said that she's going to rewatch it. I think we're going to do your screen recap on both seasons. It's it's really good. You just have to get past the first episode of the first season. And I think that's what happened, because I've seen like half of the first episode, and I was like, oof. Yeah. And then she's like, it gets better. And I so, almost like hard pass on the whole thing because of the first yeah, episode. It's so when he's slow. meeting the girl in the bar. Yes. And I was like, I cannot. I cannot abide this. Yeah. So, okay. I'll give it a fair chance. Something that I won't do with, you know, Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's true. I mean, hot take. Game of Thrones is fine. I don't know. I haven't watched it. I, mean, I also haven't given it a fair chance. Like, I, don't, I don't know. But I kind of refuse to at this point. It, took, a, it took over culture for a while. And it was fine. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Um, anything fun and fresh you want to share with the class, babe? Um, I don't think so. No? no. Anything that you watched recently that you're, like, super into? Read? Listen to? I don't think so. No. Wow. I know. What well, I guess the... What's the life you li- you're living right now? <laughs> the, I, I guess, uh, peering behind the curtain here, it's, uh, well, we're about to record the first episode of my podcast. Yeah, that's, see, that's what I was trying to dig at. I'm yeah, really okay. glad that, All okay. Right. Well, there we go. It's weak. It's <laughs> I didn't want to say it, because I've said that, said that on my podcast before, and... Uh, Your podcast. My podcast. Your podcast. But, you know, you didn't do anything, so... Yep. So it's, well, now this one looks like it's going to be it. look like a goddamn fool. Not the first time. <laughs> no, not the last. <laughs> look, I put myself out there on the internet. I've never said it, it's good. <laughs> yeah, fair sure. enough. I've said time and time again, this is not quality content. So brave. <laughs> on that note (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I've been I just finished listening to a really good uh, series on last podcast on the left about Belle Gunness that was really good oh yeah you text me about it she's a crazy bitch (laughs) Um, I'm going to read that book soon I downloaded it on my Kindle it's called Hell's Princess Um, I suggested it for the book club that died but they got vetoed got shot down have your own book club now Huh? have your own book club who the fuck's going to be in it? People that listen to your podcast. Hey, so if you want to be part of a book club, <laughs> <laughs> DM me. Yeah. That'd be um, cool. I would say, so I mean, yeah, plug your, are you on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook with your podcast? It is. Can, it's can, all like, uh, Weekend Plans podcast um, on Twitter and Instagram. So I'll, I'll be promoting that episode there. Uh, you can find it podcast services slowly as they go up. Yeah, um, we don't know when it's going to be up. It probably it might not be up this week because it like takes like a hot minute for like Apple to be like, yeah, like your shit's cool. You can be on the internet. Yeah, so it might be next week, but it'll be weekend plans. It'll be the podcast. So. Yeah. Subscribe to that, and it'll be. I don't know if it'll be a weekly thing, but it's going to be. It'll be something. Yeah, it's covering movies. Games. It'll sure, be something. It's going to be a podcast. TV shows. Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> Even sports. Covering everything. Yikes. That's why I have. <laughs> select people just to come <laughs> in and out and talk about different things. Yeah, you're going to have like a rotating like table of bitches that you're going to have that... I'm try. Cool. So. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I'll link your social medias and shit too. You don't do that, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> not on Twitter, not on Instagram. Stop using Facebook. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> so, um, if you care what Jackson's doing, then don't. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe we'll bump into him on the streets. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Anyways, uh, I think that's all I got. I think so. It was a good episode. I liked it. All right. Okay, yeah. bye. Bye. bye.